really crazy to be your grandkids' children's pastor. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, when you go to camp with your grandkids, and uh, they're the only person that brought their grandfather. Um, and they, you know, at first, the first time, uh, my oldest grandson, we went to camp. And, you know, it was kind of weird uh, because nobody else's granddad was there. And, uh, uh, but it was, he really didn't know how to act at first. And um, it, it was just really kind of cool to now get to be my grandkids' uh, children faster. That was Jim Weidman, who is our special guest on Legacy Grandparenting today. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast of the Legacy Coalition, Legacy Grandparenting. I'm your host, Wayne Rice, Conference Director for the Legacy Coalition, and I'm doing it solo, uh, although we do have a special guest coming up. Uh, John Colomb and Larry Fowler could not be with us today. Our special guest is Jim Weidman, who is a pioneer in the children's ministry movement. He's been a children's ministry pastor in a half dozen or so churches during his almost 50 years of ministry, and he's trained hundreds of children's ministry workers all over the country at kid men conferences, uh, children's pastors conferences, and other training events, and also through his books and resources. The International Network of Children's Ministries Uh, presented him with their first ever Legacy Award for his lifetime achievement in children's ministry. He's uh, written a number of books, his most recent being Authentic Leadership That Lasts, and that book is available now. Currently, he is serving as executive operations pastor. We'll find out what that's all about. At the Belonging Church in Nashville, he's a grandpa, He's a guitar picker, and we're going to learn all about that during our conversation. Welcome to Legacy Grandparenting, Jim. Oh, man, it is great to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've been on Grandparenting Monday nights. Yeah, Grand Monday nights. Yeah, Grand Monday nights and all kind of things, but never on the podcast. So what an honor. Yeah, well, it's good to have you with us. We're going to ask you uh, a few questions just about the relationship between uh, grandparenting and what your experience has uh, taught you over the years. But first, we are going to ask you, or I'm going to ask you, since John and Larry's not here, uh, what we call our Legacy Grandparenting Podcast Poll. This is a, <laughs> this is a uh, uh, very scientific way for us to uh, get to yeah, know you a little bit better. some sort of theme music or something. <laughs> needs, needs something. There you go. Well, anyway, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Question one is uh, best book you've ever read. What is it? Well, it's one I read every year. It's uh, Peter Drucker's The Effective Executive. And uh, it's on my reread list. And I start every January, about to do it again, uh, rereading that book. Yeah, good. Okay, good recommendation. A day in your life you'd like to live over again. Maybe because well, it was such a great day, or maybe it's a day you'd like a do-over. You know, no, either way. It's, uh, all my all my days are pretty good. I, um, I uh, when I'm when I'm taking my blood pressure, uh, I'm at the doctor's <laughs> office. I think about the day I got married, the day I became a dad, and the day I became a grandparent for the first time. So those three days. I live over every time I'm at the doctor's <laughs> office or they slap on a blood pressure cuff. 
Do you remember what your favorite song was when you were in high school? Man, it's still my favorite song. Statesboro Blues by the Allman Brothers Band. Really? Oh, you brothers. Oh, yeah. I am, I am a huge Southern. I just don't have this Southern accent. Rock. I don't have this <laughs> accent for nothing, buddy. Uh, okay. It is, it is pretty special. I'm going to have to cue that one up and, and uh, oh, give, yeah. it, give it a spin. Uh, best pizza. Where uh, is it? I'm New York. Uh, I'm in, uh, <laughs> or uh, uh, North uh, Boston. Uh, I'm a kind of an East Coast pizza You're a guy. New York pizza guy. Okay. Yeah, I like it. And uh, we've got a place here in Nashville that uh, these folks moved from Brooklyn years ago. And if you ever get to Nashville, you got to go to Joey's House of Pizza. Okay. And it's just an Italian family screaming at one another while they work. And it is just uh, <laughs> a cultural experience and great pizza. Good. Do they actually, you know, like throw their the dough oh, up yeah. in the air and everything? They throw. They. It's 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 Brooklyn <laughs> and hillbilly country. Authentic. Cool. Uh, a hobby or outside interest that you enjoy? What is it? I, I mentioned you play the guitar. Yeah, I started uh, collecting. Um, uh, vintage guitars and rode the whole used the vintage market in 70, 74. And I still go to about six guitar shows a year and um, put my, uh, when, when I came to know Jesus and couldn't play bars anymore, uh, all of a sudden um, I got to Mississippi and I saw all these old Martins, uh, Gibsons and Fenders. And so I'd buy them cheap and take them to Gruen's in Nashville when mm -hmm. he lived in his house and flip them. And I've been doing that since 74 and have a little business on the side called what you got in that case. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, well, with me, it's banjos, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. My mm, wife too... says I have a wonderful habit of taking a hobby and turning it into another business. Yeah, the true entrepreneur. Uh, someone who had a big influence on you. Well, there's a lot of folks that have, but uh, my father-in-law, Art Spencer, uh, probably, uh, he told me I was going to be thankful one day that I married Art Spencer's daughter. And I have been from the day it happened. And um, he was an electrical engineer, but he always told me I'm not in the electrical business, I'm in the people business. And mm -hmm. uh, Art just spoke so much wisdom. I learned so much stuff from him. Uh, he's in heaven, and um, but man, he uh, uh, he was the dad I never had, and such a worth, uh, such a guy to copy his <laughs> legacy. He's a good one. How did you I meet said, your wife? And uh, your college, wife, your wife's name is Julie, right? Julie and uh, we've been married 43 years in November and uh, met her in college at a Bible study. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'll usually get it, get guys into Bible studies as if they're girls. Yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, well, that's that's cool. And uh, what do your grandkids call you? They call me G. Uh, I wanted to be G Diddy, but my daughters uh, kicked that in the head. And then I wanted to be a non-pronounceable symbol. 
but they said it didn't work for Prince and it shouldn't work for me. <laughs> and so I just went with G, my wife's GG, and they go over to the G's house. And yeah. A bunch of G's. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're at question number nine here. Anything left on your bucket list? Man, I it is. You, it things is you've always wanted off. to do. Yeah. 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 I'm always, you know, uh, I got to stand on a corner in Winslow, Arizona a few years ago. And, uh, man, <laughs> uh, it's crazy that a song lyric brings 100,000 people to a little town on Route 66 every year. But um, I'm running out of stuff. I'd like to go to Liverpool. Mm -hmm uh and just do a little beetle trip um i uh, don't know with past covid if i'll ever do that i did get to walk in the crosswalk at abbey road and uh pull that off but uh, maybe go to liverpool have a little beetle uh, about all that's left <laughs> i've hit almost every guitar factory in america uh also some in australia uh, been the uh, maiden as well as uh, Cole Clark in Australia, been to Gibson, Fender, um, uh, Tacoma uh, back <laughs> uh, in those days. Um, um, so, you know, I'm running out of stuff on the bucket list. I, you know, That's when you good. Travel, You've been blessed. When you travel for a living, uh, you, you start on that bucket list early. <laughs> and, uh, you know, while I was in the neighborhood of places, I would just hit them. I saw uh, Pony Express, the start of the trail, the end of the trail. Got to see, I'm a history buff, so I uh, got to walk a bunch of battlefields and go to a lot of places. And so, um, um, but a lot of rock and roll stuff. I went and did the blues tour in Mississippi and um, saw where B.B. King was born and uh, went to the crossroads and all kind of stuff. So a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like fun. Uh, one last question. And that just has to do with uh, uh, your, your favorite verse in the Bible. What would well, it be? Pro Proverbs 28, two, when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a man of understanding and knowledge maintains order. And uh, that is definitely uh, was my favorite scripture when I was raising teenagers. And now that uh, we're headed toward teenage grand boys, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it is uh, still my favorite scripture. And yeah. Just yeah. Like yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Well, listen, let's talk just a little bit about, uh, about your ministry and, and uh, grandparenting. Yeah. First, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, how many kids, grandkids, uh, you mentioned that a little bit already, but yeah. And you, yeah, you have two, married 43 have years, 43 years to Julie. Uh -huh. And uh, I tell everybody I got my trophy wife the first time. And <laughs> uh, it was one of those things that uh, um, she is just makes all of us better. And uh, she's been traveling with my oldest daughter, Yancey. Um, she does music for families and kids. And uh, she just won a Dove Award the other day for Best Children's Album of the Year. And, uh, so Julie's been traveling with her for 24 years. And um, so Yancey's my oldest. Whitney's my baby. And um, I have two girls. And uh, one, one of them spits out a baby every five years. And so uh, 
we have three boys and they're all about five years apart and um their their names are sparrow rhythm and royal and uh, wow yeah we got some names buddy those are those are very interesting names well i got diff very, very different girls i yeah. got very interesting girls i always say you know if you walk in hardy's and see all those old men eating breakfast together and you wonder what they're talking about. They're talking about how weird their grandkids' names are. <laughs> and uh, so their they their friends' names are Maverick and Zoltar and uh, Remy and all kind of uh, names. And so um, you know, no Jims, Bobs, or Tommies. Well, uh, your daughter's name is is unusual, actually, Yancey. Yeah, that's a great story in itself. Um, everybody is stuck with the parents they were born to, and I got to pray in a dad. Uh, my real dad passed away when I was three, and uh, um, uh, my I, the my first prayer request I ever remember praying was that Jesus would send me a daddy. And uh, when I was Seventeen years old, my wife, uh, my mother remarried, and uh, uh, my dad that uh, she married, uh, his last name was Yancey, and uh, uh, we, uh, I named her after my stepdad, and so um, I have a real special place in my heart for stepdads and um, uh, dads that might not be your natural father, but they are even better than a natural father and yeah uh, uh, he couldn't love me anymore and uh was a great man and he's he's in heaven too i'm hard on i'm hard on male <laughs> figures in my family and uh, uh, but um, a lot of folks are in heaven i guess if you live long enough everybody can't tell you in heaven and uh, <laughs> Talking about children's ministry, I know you know you're recognized for being a, a, a pioneer, a leader in the children's ministry movement. Um, what's known as Kid Men, um, and you mentioned a little bit about how you uh, got started. But um, what 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 led you to to make a career out of doing children's ministry? I mean, what was? It's just one of those things that. Uh, you know, every, I think every man especially goes through this thing in their 30s. Um, do I uh, stay being a helper or do I uh, start my own business? Do I keep working for somebody else? Do I become a senior pastor? And uh, I just always felt like that God called me to uh, be a pastor's helper in the area that they seemed to need help in is children's ministry and uh um, we were able to um help birth that there wasn't a lot of children's folks back in the day and especially in the 70s when i started and um you know it's been fun to uh the family ministry movement started showing up and um now the intentional grandparent movement and it's just kind of fun to just see how one kind of leads to the other and uh it's just been uh great to sit at the kids table and you know i'm doing other things like you said at the start i'm the executive operations pastor so i do a lot of business hr stuff finance uh over the facilities 
but I still sit at the kids' table, still oversee the children's <laughs> ministry and uh, those things. And it's kind of funny when we were aligning how we lead at our church. You know, my pastor said, uh, it doesn't really make sense with all your other duties pushing kids, but it doesn't make sense for you to not be over kids because of, um, you know, all these decades of children's ministry and get to really invent some of that stuff. Um, you know, we, there were some things about children's ministry. I just got to be, uh, one of the first to do just cause there was just certain needs that weren't being met. And, uh, so we, uh, started just looking to meet the needs of our local church and, um, all these years later, it's still just an honor. And it's really crazy to be your grandkids' children's pastor. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, when you go to camp with your grandkids and uh, they're the only person that brought their grandfather. Um, and they, you know, at first, the first time, uh, my oldest grandson, um, we went to camp. And, you know, it was kind of weird uh, because nobody else's granddad was there. and. Uh, uh, but it was, he really didn't know how to act at first. And um, it, it was just really kind of cool to now get to be my grandkids' um, children's pastor as well as get to be the grandpa, just like it was to be their their uh, mom's children's pastor. Yeah. So. Now, Jim, you know, uh, you've been in children's ministry for all these years. Um, you know, my background is more in youth ministry. I really wasn't. Sure much into the into working with with young kids but i i i think a part of it is because i i was really impacted hugely when i was in high school by youth for christ and and uh, youth guys you know that i wanted to be a lot like and so um so uh i i went into youth ministry and never really got that involved with children's ministry but over right. the years i've i've seen a lot of change in youth ministry the way we used to do it and the way really it's being done today what about children's ministry how has it changed well it's it's changed because of all the technology and stuff that's available and um you know um it's unreal how um so much stuff is on apps so much stuff is um just um you know i always say the more high tech the more high touch it calls for and uh some of the uh younger folks uh don't understand some of that relational aspects of ministry and um i just feel like there's a place for both there's a place for the way things are headed and um the way things um, are going. There's some things I, you know, uh, when I started, the only curriculum that was available was something you wrote, uh, you know, something you came up with. And uh, man, I never for one minute thought that we'd have Zoom and Google and all these different uh, ways to work and uh, to uh, find resources and things for kids. But, um, it's it's been fun to be a part of that and uh, what's kind of unique about my church is uh i'm kind of a hipster millennial church where uh the 80 percent of our church is 35 and younger and um there's out of the thousands that call our church home 
there's less than 350 and above in our church. And um, we're getting more every day because California is moving to Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're, especially if their grandkids live in Tennessee, um, their kids have moved them out. And uh, I'm meeting somebody from California every Sunday. But um, it is uh, just kind of neat to be in a, uh, a church where, um, you know, I'm 40 years older than most everybody I work with. I'm 20 years older than my pastors. And uh, it's just it's just an honor to uh, uh, be able to uh, be in younger people's lives still. And, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's I. I have some friends that are moving to uh, <laughs> moving to Tennessee. Oh, they all are. They all are. It is unreal. <laughs> and, uh, and they're uh, they were. T- uh, my friend was telling me the other day because they're moving uh, in January. They're actually yeah. moving to Chattanooga, not Nashville. Yeah. But uh, I said, "What about um, you know your your family?" He says my parents are going to move there too. You know, just to be close yeah. to the grandkids. I know that happens. Uh, in a, yeah. I don't know if that's well, invi- advisable a, or not. <laughs> well, we don't have a state income tax. So yeah. uh, if you don't like Florida and you don't like Texas, <laughs> they move to Tennessee. <laughs> if you like mountains, they come see us. So. Uh, back to children's ministry. You know, there's been a movement in recent years towards doing church more uh, intergenerationally, which right. is a long word. Uh, and some have even suggested getting rid of children's and youth ministries altogether just so that parents can can take the leading role in uh, teaching or discipling their children and not be so dependent upon the church to do it for them. Um, right. And I've 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 heard some of those arguments. What do you what do you think? You know, your thoughts Man. on how to do, you know, what the church's role, the family's role. Yeah, uh, you know, I believe with all my heart that uh, it, you know, Deuteronomy six was the first scripture where um, it wasn't talking to preachers; it was talking to families uh, about how to raise their kids. And uh, again, um, we're first told about uh, uh, you know the scriptures are to be upon our heart and press them on your children. Uh, talk about them in the morning, at night, when you walk along the road or when you go somewhere and when you're at home. And, uh, you know, uh, there were some preachers there, but they were talking directly to uh, fathers, mothers, grandparents, aunts and uncles. And I think it's both. And. I know the family has more time. Um, you know, if somebody never misses church, which we know they do, uh, uh, they um, don't have but about 40 hours a year um, uh, to uh, disciple kids at church. And so folks aren't doing stuff at home. I mean, um, you know, w- w- every educator knows that the kids that get help uh, at home have an advantage over those that don't. If that's true in math and science, it's also true in spiritual things. And so uh, that teaching uh, and discipling your kids and being the, uh, the person over the spiritual formation has got to happen. But at the same time, uh, we know that, uh, you know, when Jesus showed up at the synagogue on the Sabbath, it said he did as it was his custom. 
And, uh, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's both and. And the church and family are partners. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned um, as I've started trying to partner with parents on discipling their kids, um, we've kind of left out grandparents. Um, and one of the things that I've been working really hard at as a children's pastor who is a granddad is to help grandparents pass on faith. And I think uh, they're a partner that nobody's talking about. And, um, you know, there's, you know, I wonder, you know, have you ever wondered why is there four grand, why does every child uh, have four grandparents and only two parents? Well, I think it's because parents need a lot of support. And I don't look at grandparents as upper management. I look at it as cheerleaders and support to pass on faith. And as important as Deuteronomy 6 is, uh, we know Deuteronomy 4, 9 is the first scripture that mentioned your children's children. And uh, again, uh, we're to pass on that God story. And um, I know that uh, for me, you know, we've been just including grandparents in our child dedication services, uh, uh, encouraging them to pass on faith. Uh, not only do we give kids a Bible, but I think it's important that you give grandparents a Bible to underline all those important scriptures, write stories and prayers and things for their grandkids to pass on. Um, you know, I started uh telling my grandkids about their moms and dads uh god story that you know from the day they were born and uh it's kind of fun and all the hoopla uh of my grandkids getting born um i got uh the first two i was the first one to tell them about jesus and um uh i continue to tell those stories about jesus now because i tell this story when all the time, my other son-in-law, he thought he was outsmarting me. So he told grandson number three about Jesus, but um, <laughs> I got to tell him about the Holy Spirit. So it was okay. Um, and uh, so I uh, talked to him about his helper, but it's one of those things that, and um, uh, just being intentional uh, to uh, include grandparents and, and, um, you know, um, it's so funny. I have a, I have a co. We call it a co-group. But it's a small group, and it's just for people fifty and up in my church. And and um, you know, those first-time grandparents. Just like uh, I spent a good part of my ministry to children, telling parents, you don't have to parent like your parents did. Uh, you can actually be intentional and about the things of the Lord and. Um, it's been fun to tell grandparents, you don't have to grandparent like your grandparents. Uh, you get to help with those God stories and, and partner with the church and be a difference maker. Uh, I know when my three grands come over, uh, you know, every grandparent wants to kiss their grandkids and hug them. And uh, we just include a prayer um, uh, at the start of that time as well as the end. And, now that they're, you know, I've got one in double digits and uh, he's, 
he gives me all these prayer requests now for his friends, things that are going on because uh, I've established myself as a prayer partner for him and uh, an interceder. And I think that, you know, that's what I love about what you guys are doing. And I love the fact that it's called the intentional grandparent movement because, um, you know, you if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And <laughs> it's one of those things that that uh, I want to see um, my grandkids. Um, I, I want to pass on faith to them just like I did their mothers. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's exciting. Yeah. Well, I can tell that's uh, that that's that strikes right at the heart of what you're all about, Jim. That's uh, you could probably go on about all of that for, <laughs> for a long time. Um, but uh, it's great to know that. And, and, and we are seeing it is, is it both in children's ministry and in youth ministry. You know, rather than getting rid of them, I think both yeah. children's ministry and uh, youth ministry are beginning to retool themselves to be able to. Yeah come alongside families and that includes alongside grandparents and yeah. to equip them to be able to, to communicate better with their own children and with their grandchildren. And like you say, not necessarily do it the way our grandparents did because our grandparents in many cases weren't present at all. Hardly, right, you know, right. And, right. uh, uh, but we do have to be intentional. And I think, uh, we are, because we've been trained in children's ministry, we've been trained in youth ministry. We kind of hold the keys to the kingdom in that regard. We, yeah. we, uh, we can really equip grandparents um, to uh, do this. Speaking of which, you know, I know you've been working um, not only there at your church in a administrative role, but you also do some consulting and coaching yeah. uh, with with uh, people all over the country. And you've written books on time management. If you were a grandparenting coach, what would you say to a grandparent who is having trouble finding time to be with their grandkids? Yeah, you have time for everything you want to. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, uh, I don't care how busy I am. Uh, somebody tells me they have a, a pre-World uh, War II um martin for a hundred bucks i'll stop in my tracks and uh you know it's one of those things that uh you just got to make appointments for what matters and so uh to me um uh spending time with my grandkids spending time at the church volunteering uh helping and um, all those things is just making that a part of uh, what we do. And, um, so, you know, there's some great, uh, there's some great things. And, uh, one of the things I've been trying to do is get youth groups and, um, young, uh, college folks to just help older people, uh, learn zoom, learn FaceTime, learn how to scan things. Um, uh, uh, we'll have young people, uh, meet, uh, our older folks and just download apps for them. And, uh, rather than trying to teach them, we just download them and uh, uh, do some things so that they can stay connected uh, if their grandkids are close or if they're far away. Um, and we're also, you know, because the unicorn in Nashville is somebody that was from here. Everybody seems to move with a dream and chasing that neon rainbow. And uh, they uh, come. And so 
uh, there's a lot of older people who don't have their own grandkids or don't even have the family that have become grandfriends to uh, families and adopted them and um, they've adopted each other. And uh, there's so many places for ministry for older yeah. folks. And, and so um, I, that's what I love about grandparenting ministry. I think it's where children's ministry was, you know, 35, 40 years ago. I, I do hear it a lot from uh, from grandparents that it just seems like uh, time gets away from them and the weeks go by and they haven't really been able to spend any time with their grandkids. And like you say, you just have to be intentional about it. And I've been telling yeah. grandparents, well, you know, uh, put it on your calendar. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. just start, put, your, put your kids on your on your calendar, put them in your budget. Um, uh, plan ahead. And uh, those are the kind of things you do for other things that are important yeah. and you can do that with your grandkids too um, you know i still have dates with my wife and uh i still spend time with my uh my daughters and um you know i plan uh we, we have pancakes every friday with my grandkids <laughs> and uh that's just our friday morning date that time is set aside it's on my calendar uh it's set on repeat so I don't have to worry when the year changes over Friday at nine o'clock. Uh, I know I've got uh, uh, got to have pancakes ready for those boys. And uh, it's <laughs> just something we do as a family. Yeah. Hey, Jim, um, let me uh, just ask you, just maybe uh, go in a little bit direct, different direction here for a moment before, because our time is running out, yeah. but you know, we're all getting older, you know, you and me and, uh, and many of our, our listeners to our podcast as well. Any advice for grandparents on um, how to keep your spiritual life fresh? You know, I, I, I believe we, we are as grandparents, I think, you know, more than we say, sometimes it's, it's who we are and, and what's going yeah. on in our own lives. Any any thoughts on on just how to how to keep that spark, that spiritual you know because we've kind of been there done that for so much sure. of our lives. Um, yeah. How can we keep our 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 relationship with God fresh? You know, for me, and this is one of the things I talked about in this new book, um, is it's great to have fruit from different seasons, but uh, anything that's frozen or canned is fruit from another season. And the best fruit is fresh fruit, stuff right from the farmer's uh, market, right from the uh, from your table to the farm. And that's all fruit from this season. And yeah. as thankful as I am for the fruit from other seasons, um, I really want in this day and time to have fruit in this present uh, uh, season. And that's just not things that I do in ministry but it's things that just that freshness um, mm. uh, uh, with the Lord. And uh, I can't live off yesterday's accomplishments. I don't want to live off yesterday's manna. I don't want to live off yesterday's food. Um, I want to bear fruit in this season. And I want my relationship to be up to date. And uh, so I started planting a garden, uh, not, you know, just for the wonderful vegetables that I get, but uh, it's my special time to go out and just spend time with the Father and talk to him. And, and I feel like, man, if he walked and talked with Adam and Eve, he'll walk and talk with me. <laughs> and um, I want to see that. And uh, I'm intentional 
about yeah. that. And, uh, you know, it's just something that uh, you can't live off just past fruit. you got to bear fruit in this season, spiritually and every way. Mm. I love that. That's just a great, uh, great analogy, great thought. So thank you for that. Hey, how can people uh, contact you, Jim? Uh, or get just your real books? simple. Yeah, jimwadman.com is uh, the best. Uh, hit the website, and um, uh, the books are also on Amazon and all the places where you get books. But, uh, you know, I do something Amazon doesn't do. I sign every book. If you order a regular book from me, I'll include a digital download card. Uh, and I also pray over the orders. That's something Amazon doesn't do. Pray for <laughs> the folks that come. And that's just one of the wonderful blessings of getting to be an author is getting to pray for the folks that read it. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us today. And as we wrap things up, let me just mention to all of our listeners uh, to be sure and visit our website at, at LegacyCoalition.com and uh, and also to be uh, sure to, to, to mark your calendar for our next Legacy Grandparenting Summit, which is going to be uh, October 20th and 21st of 2022 in Pontevedra Beach near Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, or you can uh, attend at a simulcast location near you. Um, Jim, thanks so much. Appreciate yeah. it. You're being with us. Uh, that wraps up Legacy Grandparenting, folks, the podcast of the Legacy Coalition. Until next time, this is Wayne Rice uh, saying so long and praying that you have a great week of intentional Christian grandparenting.